7.02. We will call this meeting to order. Uh, the Davis Fair Reuse Advisory Committee, uh, subcommittee. And I would like to read the notice here. A note to the residents. All citizens are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Meetings are also live streamed and archived by Franklin TV on the Franklin Town Hall TV YouTube channel. Meetings are also shown live and on repeat on Comcast Channel 11 and Verizon Channel 29. In an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens are welcome to participate remotely by a phone or Zoom. The link to access this meeting via Zoom for the August 15th 2023 Davis Thayer Building Reuse Advisory Committee meeting is as follows. Zoom link, um, you find the Zoom link and then click open Zoom. Or copy and paste this URI URL into your browser. Um, and I guess I'm supposed to read that too. HTTPS slash slash us zero two web dot zoom dot us slash i j okay sorry about that slash eight seven one zero eight five 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 four three call in phone number Call 1-929-205-6099 and enter meeting ID, which is pound 871-0855-5543, then press pound. Participants are muted upon entry into the Zoom platform and will not be able to unmute themselves without permission from the Zoom host. To request permission to unmute, please use the raise hand function on your Zoom screen. Okay? All right, tonight um, we are going to begin our agenda, a discussion, discussion with Castle Booze Associates, Inc. on the preliminary report and potential future uses. KBA 2023 report. And here are the gentlemen. And Mike, I think I'll leave it up to you to introduce the gentleman. How's that? I will. Um, so with us tonight, as at the last meeting, Joe Milani, an architect, long time with Castle Booth, Paul Dominant. Um, so at, last, at the last meeting, we went over the report and we sent everybody the report. Mm -hmm. um, so you could read it in more detail and just think about what, what things you wanted to actually bring up tonight that we can have them study in a little more detail to give us the feasibility of doing it, what the building could be from there. Um, the history of work they've done on the building, the designing they've done, and all their consultants have done. So 
Um, we just open it up to see what you want to come up with, and we'll see if we if they can answer you know any questions or just work through through a group of um, suggestions that they could go back and study after this. Okay, are they go? Are the gentlemen going to be giving us some ideas of what can be done and used for the school? Their own thoughts. Um, I think we're looking more to get some ideas from you as a group, okay. and then they can study those options. I mean, you have architects and engineers that are working for them. They can really discuss in more detail the feasibility of doing those things and the costs associated with doing them on like a broader plan to give you some direction. So it'll take them a little while to go back and um, study those things and then come back. But anything you want to bring up tonight, um, they can comment on it. I mean, they've already done a lot of work on the building and knowledge of you know, what it can be done to be. And they can apply that knowledge from the studying of the systems in the, in the building to comment on. Okay. Well, shall we begin then? We didn't Center is going to come up, uh, small business space for some sort of purpose, uh, I'm sure will come up. Um, I just got to remind everybody, for those in the audience and at home, those who may not know, there's a couple of things here that, um, so it's very, very hard. I mean, you have a public asset at some point that is going to have to go up to bid in some sort of procurement level. Um, there's a little bit of room here to deal with that, not in the direct, like, highest bidder only. Right? We can frame it out like we've done with the Old South Church. I'm guessing at some point, procedurally, what we would do is a request for uh, a proposal, not an RFP, but like we did an expression of interest, excuse me, which is what we did at the Redbrook Schoolhouse as well as the Old South Church. Just to get a taste or a sense of what ideas exist out there. And that's really the process. I think you'd get it like, what other ideas are out there? What other investors may be interested in, in the property? There's not a binding RFP that goes with an expression for interest. It's just, it literally is the word say, it's an expression of interest. Like I have an interest and I'm expressing it in to do A, B, or C. 
Um, and to illustrate my point, a lot of people, to Debbie's point, do call, nobody has called me about Davis there. Not one entity, just to be clear about that. Nobody's called me up and said, what's the town gonna do? Well, it's a lot of money. I mean, I think part of it is the expense, and everyone knows that there's some issues, as these gentlemen pointed out at the last meeting, there's, there's a big expense with this. Also, there's a sensitivity from many about whether or not the building stays or not. Okay, so if the building's not there, and, and somebody decided we're gonna knock it down, well then that changes the ball game about who's interested. So I think everyone's probably watching these meetings kind of trying to get an idea of where ultimately the reuse committee's ideas have come from. But then when that gets to the council, there's gonna be a debate I'm sure there as well about what to do with it. So um, it's not as if we can, if we were to develop the building into an economic development center of some sort, some sort, then there would be a process in terms of who could lease it. Um, and so that's where you get into the details of like, oh, this business could go in there, that business could go in there. Uh, but in all likelihood, um, unless nothing was done to the building, and it was literally just as is, um, and nothing was ever done, which is you know probably not a good long-term option. I mean, theoretically, I think this came up at the last meeting. The town could, the council could decide to lease it out now. Um, you know, again, there's some restrictions with the building and the code and accessibility and elevators and stuff that would be hindrances, but um, at some point there's going to have to be some sort of public bidding procurement process to make sure the town gets the maximum value for its asset, um, which is still not necessarily the responsibility yet of this committee, uh, but ultimately the town council will have that responsibility to make sure that the, the final decision has some sort of yeah, I hope that long-winded answer answers will be a couple of us. <laughs> I think I'm so surprised that um, no one has been in touch with you. But they haven't well, everybody called me about the Old South Church, and yeah. everybody said, can we knock it down? And they said, I don't think the council wants to do that. And so that took a lot of people that were willing to do something with that property off the table, right? If you would knock down the church, you'd have bidders lining up to build a single family house on that site, <laughs> right? Uh, but that wasn't the choice of the council and we were fortunate enough to get Habitat for Humanity to be engaged with that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think on this one, unlike the South Church, this is several million, so there's some risk to, you know, that, that's, a, that's a large financing project for, for a developer, whether it's commercial industrial <coughs> or building. So I think um, my guess is, is most people haven't called because Nobody knows really where where the lane is of what we're working under. Um, so I think that's why we have some more folks in the audience tonight, and probably a lot of people watching at home. And I'm sure the attendance will continue to pick up probably through the fall as people watch. It may also be that we haven't, as a group, uh, given uh, the idea that it's not going to be reused right. as a as a civic building, right. and that it would be something that would be entertained to be leased or sold to someone to make with some other other use exactly um, and i think maybe that might be the hesitancy people have because they don't really have an idea of what the the town really wants to do with the building yep and, and to just point one other thing is the facade i mean i think the committee probably will discuss that tonight or in future meetings is there's been a sentimentality about preserving the facade um, well that's a restriction that will again change who may be interested in the building or who isn't. Um, so, um, a lot of decisions to talk through. This is fun. 
<laughs> Everybody should be excited about this. This is such a huge deal. It's fun. Um, I don't know if we're ready to give our opinion on things, but all right, I'll start with Roberta. Thank you, Madam Chair. Through you, the question I had, and thank you, um, Mr. It's Dominoff, correct, and Mr. Milani, for that um, report. It's detailed beyond belief, and of course, the pictures and all um, were very well done. Um, as we go through this process of trying to figure out what we can do with the building and, and the ideas, I thought that it might be um, helpful if perhaps we asked the police chief, T.J. Lynch, to come to one of our meetings to express his thoughts on the idea of a police station, because I know there are many people that have brought that up. Because I think as we go through this process, as well as listing things that might be appropriate for this building, I think we need to look at the things that aren't from a cost perspective and from a can we do this with this building. So I thought we might start with him, and I didn't know if any of the other committee members had any other ideas about potential people that might want to speak to that point. And to Jamie's point, I think once we do identify a lane or a clear road, I think you will get more calls, but I can see why no one's calling now. They're not really sure where we're heading with it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Roberta. John? Through the chair, um, I've been having a lot of discussion with a lot of people behind the scenes. And the police department obviously comes up again. One of the previous meetings I asked Jamie how big the lot was. I think potentially, um, you know, salvage some of the building in terms of some of the materials, incorporate it into a new police station, but also divvy up the lot into two pieces. Keep the piece on the back side of School Street for uh, veteran housing or elderly housing. Not now, but in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, it's what, a little over three acres? Three and a half. Yeah, and a half. So you get two acres of the police department and you're gonna have the housing. Split it in acres. They're not making land anymore. And this is prime real estate. We can't sell it. That's, that's what it comes down to. We can't sell it. We're not in the business of leasing properties. And we, we, we talked numbers before, it was, it was well over $700 a square foot. Now, if you build a brand new building, it's gonna cost you 30, 30, 35 million, you know, uh, you renovate it and get 30, 35 into it. But you're not getting the building you originally designed for. Mm -hmm. So, you gotta kinda look at what what you have to work with. The amount of money you have to spend to put into it. I mean, you, you're putting some substantial <coughs> At one point, where is it feasible, money-wise? And that's just, I'm just hearing a different conversation. I think we break it into two pieces, so we always have an original piece of that. Good point. Thank you. Good, Jim. That's okay. Uh, through you, Madam Chair, really quickly, uh, um, next week on August 23rd, and I believe 6 o'clock, maybe 5.30, I haven't posted the meeting yet, is going to be the first meeting of the police station building committee. Um, and Mike and I are going to outline for the committee, like, the steps. And we haven't built a building in Franklin in 10 years, um, so it's a good refresher. Just so that folks understand, I just want to, the, the first step ultimately that we're going to do that's required by statute is to hire an OPM. And that's a legal requirement. For any building over a million and a half that a municipality of a municipal function that we finance, 
has to have a separate OPM hired, and they are essentially the entity that governs the project. Um, I'm trying to keep this as brief and as simple as possible, but that OPM will, uh, will be out September, October, November, somewhere in that time frame for a public bid. There'll be a uh, entity, um, firm that will be chosen to be the OPM and then they will then guide us, the community and the committee through a police station building committee. One of the first things they'll look at um, is developing a program and what that means is essentially what are your need, what's your needs analysis for say the next 50 years with community policing and that's a part that's going to take some time. Um, and then, um, and then after while that's going on, a consultant will also be looking at potential sites. So we're kind of working concurrently here. Um, if folks want us to evaluate the police station, I have no doubt that that will happen. I just want to make sure everyone understands there, that the evaluation of the police station will also be going on via an OPM over the fall, and they will be defining the space that you need for a station. Um, you know, for all the different aspects um, that we need. So um, I just wanted to point that out. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm more than happy to ask Chief <coughs> to attend the next meeting of this committee. Um, he has spoken, I believe, Roberta, you might be citing a couple of other times where he has cited in front of the council that the Davis there property is not suitable for a police station, but we will unquote, we will definitely have him come out when he's available to a DT meeting so that y'all can listen to him and, and hear his concerns about that site for a police station. What did you say, Jamie? He doesn't think it's uh, suitable for a police station? He does not. The, the building or the site? Both. 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 Interesting. Yeah. Okay, Sam? Um, I was going to say, uh, so, in relation to the, uh, the idea of the police station going there, I looked at some other towns that have recently started building police stations. Um, one town that is of a similar size is, is Lexington. They have around 30,000 people. Um, and what they did is they have a historic town hall building, and they built the police station adjacent to it on one lot of land that is about the size of the Davis there plot of land. It's about three and a half acres. And they have their town hall and the new police station. And well, it may be a stretch to think that we could move town hall to that building. Perhaps that's an idea to create a civic complex um, that's more centrally located downtown. And then this building that might be a little bit more saleable to other groups could, could be could be sold off and has less, um, you know, I, I don't know, probably less uh, sentimental attachments to folks. Um, it's just a sort of a concept that I, I thought had, had an interesting possibility. Um, I'll say the sort of the downside to that is that it's uh, an expensive proposition. <laughs> you know, you're not just doing one product, but you're, you're doing two. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess some of that maybe is financed by selling off this building. But you know, I think it complicates things quite a bit. But um, I think it, uh, you know. With life, we should have that model. It was, it was an interesting concept. Um, so that was that was one idea that uh, I had. Um, and then, um, you know, just from talking to people around town, I think uh, people are, are interested in uh, you know putting it out to, to bid and seeing what sort of uh, benefactors there are out there that are willing to to convert the building into into different things. So I think that'll be an important part of the process to, uh, to put it out for them. 
expression of interest? Let me just add, um, we were talking about siting and location, especially with police stations. Uh, siting for uh, municipal facilities is important really for fire stations. Uh, police don't dispatch out of the station typically. Um, they dispatch from the road from cars on call. Uh, to, you know, response to calls is really important for fire stations with us to the vehicles are stationed in the, the firehouse and have to respond to different parts of town. And so the travel distance and the time we get to those different parts of town are really important. But for police, it really isn't a critical thing for location, um, except for, um, you know, not wanting to be in, in some, some residential neighborhoods where, you know, having people come and go. Um, all the time from police stations because you have guests overnight you know, that you know you may be releasing in the morning and maybe you don't want them out there when the kids are waiting for the bus for school or something like that so there are there are locational priorities for locating a police station but the centralization of it in the town is not one of them it's not one of them so it, it, let's not get hung up on location of this as a police station necessarily because it, it really doesn't help it in terms of dispatching. Okay. And I just would say, to me, it was less about like the location of the police department and more the location of the town hall as a civic center and mm -hmm. combination of the two. Uh, but I see Yeah, I bet there was some some savings in, yeah. in uh, you know, putting those two facilities together. Um, they do totally separate functions. They don't integrate the functions, but like we do a lot of police and fire stations that are integrated together because we can share the office space between them or we share the, the health facilities or share the lobbies or stuff like that. And so you wind up getting um, uh, two spaces for the price of one. And that makes a little more efficiency in where you join the spaces. Of, uh, police station at a town hall really would be just two buildings joined at the hip. Um, there may be some you know, savings in scale in terms of what you're building, but maybe not by the functions that they, they have that they share. Interesting. Are you all set to? Yep. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah? Uh, I like the town hall idea. Uh, I hope preserving, Chair, for you, preserve, preserving the building, the outside, takes so long to do that, right? And like the, the South Meeting House, which is where is it? Um, yes, to your manager. So the South Meeting House, they have a five-year agreement to be able to, to, to basically do the work. Um, as they're finding out now, it's hard to get preservation restrictions through the state. <laughs> um, these guys know all about that, too. It, it can be very, very complicated. Um, I'm not sure if there's a word in the dictionary to describe just how complicated, but when you're dealing with mass historic at the state level, they're very, very precise. Um, with historic preservation in a good way, but also, you know, in the case of these examples, to Pat's question, I mean, you know, part of the part of the request or part of the committee is going to have to decide: Do you want to recommend a use? I mean, with the facade intact, and with that, these gentlemen are more prepared to answer like what the cost might be to repoint the brick. You know, do an external rehab. Um, you know, I think um, there's going to be a big question to the committee. You know, but it will take a long time to present that side. Personally, I would like to do that first, preserve the building, and then get that process started, make that decision we're not going to tear it down, and then 
you get put out there knowing people know it's going to be depending on the end so again the rec I think the committee would consider a recommendation and these uh, folks would go back and look a little bit deeper but they would if the committee wants to make a recommendation to the full council to not knock down the building and to preserve the facade that's a discussion this committee's got to have and make that recommendation to the council ultimately the council will make that final decision right in terms of like you know, whether the building stays, goes, preserved, not preserved. Um, you know, and eventually these folks here are gonna give us a price tag affiliated with that, right? Um, and so that's gonna be another decision down the road people are gonna have to weigh on. Um, is, you know, is the cost worth the benefit? Is this something we could, that could be the recommendation is to preserve the building and we yeah. can see what happens with the police station? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Thank you, Madam Chair. Jamie alluded to another idea that's been going around the community for quite some time about this building being used as a community art and recreation center. So I would love to hear <coughs> from these gentlemen at some point about the uses for that because for anyone that doesn't know, a year ago, a group of people got together and took a bus tour and we went out to Hopkinton and we went to some other communities and we just looked at what their responses are to community art centers and with Franklin being a cultural district and having a very thriving art community and we did an art and culture subcommittee that had uh, sort of the look listen and feel tour over the spring and we overwhelmingly heard that that was a need here in town that there really wasn't a centralized location for various art classes, additional performing spaces beyond what we already have, uh, music, pottery, various things. And Davis there naturally came into the conversation because it's already a school, right? We have to retrofit it to some degree with ADA compliance and an elevator, but there's already classrooms. There's already various things there that would make that an ideal location. In addition, though, much like hearing from the police chief, I think it would be good if we maybe heard from a few of the major art and culture stakeholders in town as to what they could do with the building because it's gonna take millions of dollars. It's gonna take probably a group to say, yes, we will lead it because as we heard in Hopkinton, that a nonprofit was formed. They had to raise the money. They had to start with the vision. It took. 10 years, I believe, right? So that was, and that was on municipal land, right? But that was all a process. So I think while we absolutely want to hear about the police station, we want to hear all options, right? That's what we're here for. And which also includes the option of, if we can't make it a community center and we can't make it a police station, it very well could be our recommendation that the property be sold, right? Because we have a responsibility with that asset. Ultimately, the town council does, but our recommendations to that group is going to say you have a four and a half million dollar asset. What are you going to do with it? All right. So, I don't think we should be saying that one thing is not an option and one thing is an option. I think this group just needs to kind of keep an open mind to all things. I loved hearing the creative idea of centralizing town hall and incorporating the police station in Fonville. It's feasible, but I love thinking outside the box. 
Um, but for the purposes of tonight, we have these gentlemen here. I'd love to hear their thoughts about the community center, art center concept. Did you mention uh, Ted Arts and Cultural and Recreation together, or separately now? Well, so separately. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of discussion, Madam Chair, at those meetings, particularly about art and culture. But if the building was too large, then perhaps additional use could be Park and Rec doing some programs there that maybe some other groups in town weren't. Mm -hmm. So there, I think the. The art and culture group in town was very much like, we just need space. And the term is maker space, right? They need, you know, artists in town don't have lofts and studios and things where they can go and paint and do work. So they're looking, okay, can the community provide that even if Hopkinton charges an hourly fee for the artist to come in and work there. Like there's ways you can actually turn this into making money but it also serves a, a gigantic uh, purpose to the town. Okay, Jamie, I have a question. With something like that, would it be the art and cultural um, committee uh, that would take care of doing any of the renovations of that, or would that be the town? Through Madam Chair, it would definitely be the town. The town um, would do it. I think what, I think what, um, what Ted's getting at is you've already got a basketball court in there. Um, you know, you've, you've got a couple of other slots, the library that's been used for some of this in the past, and I think, um, you know, I think, you know, I think we've been through this, I think you'd have a joint facility. You'd have to kind of make it a common. There's a baseball field in the background, uh, in the backyard, per se, there's a playground outside, you have the basketball court inside, I think the best way to handle it is to maybe at the next meeting, not only I'll invite Chief Lynch, but I think I'll invite Ryan, Ryan. Uh, Jetty, and probably invite a couple of the additional arts folks. And I'm sure that, you know, I think if word got out, I think more than, I don't, wouldn't need to invite anybody. I think a lot of folks would come, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, at least they could express their um, desires and vision. And we can also hear from Ryan about whether that space would work for his department as well. Um, we know that they have a new facility down on Beaver Street, but I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say this. I think it's already, it's, from year one, it was already packed. <laughs> they already outgrew it. And I think we knew that when we developed it. It wasn't like we thought it would be you know, a 20 year facility that would grow into. So, um, and you look at his popularity of the programs that he offers, obviously he's had record breaking years the last couple of years, so I'm sure he could use more space. So I'll invite Ryan to the next meeting with Chief Lynch and we can kind of dig, you know, I mean these folks here can at least, they're walking away hopefully with some concepts already that we're all, have been marinated throughout the community, but you know, in the next month I'll try to get everybody together for a date so they can at least talk to you as our department heads about their thoughts. Do, do we feel that there's a difference between um, arts and music or arts and culture space and a community center, rec center space? Or do you feel that there isn't enough um, demand in the town for one of those? Because they're two totally different things. Is there demand for those things to happen in the same building? Because there just isn't a demand for enough in the building. I think, I think given the size of the building, there would be certainly an openness to a shared mm -hmm. concept. Because yeah. um, I, and I do, I do think, in fairness, Jamie, 
you know, Councilor Frangillo chaired those art and cultural listening tours and took copious notes, and I think the community did already speak pretty loudly about what they wanted. So I'm not poo-pooing having more people come to these meetings and share additionally, but I think if we look through those notes and those summaries, you're gonna see community art and culture center like come up a lot. Right. Right. So maybe it's a good idea to just, you know, at some point share that with the group. But I, I think there is an opportunity and maybe, you know, along the lines of what Sam brought out, maybe Park and Rec moves to that facility and all of a sudden Beaver Street becomes something where redoing like I don't think anything should be off the table. Right. But that's a it's a prime spot for youth activities Absolutely. and that can be adult art classes and adult things going on there and that, there's no reason why we can't we have this beautiful asset in the center of town other communities would kill for it we just have to be smart about what we do with it and that's just one idea right? but i'd love to hear from these guys if you think about it if you think about it you have you have a basketball court but you also have a prime theater if you were to open up the bleachers that are there now, that's a theater space. Very little renovation necessary to make that into a presentation space with the, the, the court and the stands going up um, to what could be a, a seating and, and bending space. It, it could be very nice as a, as a theater space and have other art spaces around it to support it. Um, you know, from a cost effective standpoint, could you guys just, when you do your talk, can you? like fill us in on what you think that would cost to retrofit that space for what we're talking about? Well, we're not currently under contract to do test fits or, okay. or cost estimates. Okay. And um, I think that that's something we should talk about as a group. Okay. Um, uh, the designer selection law in Massachusetts only allows uh, designers to work without going through a competitive selection process for projects that have a fee of less than $30,000 or or the cost of the work is less than $300,000. Now we know the cost of the work in this project is gonna be worth $300,000. But so when we signed our contract with Mike, it was for less than, than $30,000 to do initial study that looked at different uses and outlined the benefits and, and disadvantages of each one of those to kind of guide the committee into the next step. Um, I think that um, because this is kind of unlike if we did a study of the roof and then you asked us to do a study of the site or um, accessibility or something like that with two different things. By going into an additional study for uh, looking at uh, test fits and programming and, and things like that, I think it's an extension of what we've already done. And I think that that may be looked at by the Inspector General's Office as being kind of breaking up the pro breaking up the scope to kind of get people in there without having to go through the design selection process. So I think the next step after we get through going this kind of a discussion and having um, uh, laid out the part, the different uh, options with pros and cons um, is to, I think, not to take work away from us, but we, I think by, by law you probably have to go through a design selection process to get to the next step and go into a more depth, in-depth study with whatever option you're choosing to do a test fit for programming and a programming uh, and uh, initial study for a police station is gonna cost $50,000, something like that. So it's not something that we can just do with the remaining funds we have in our contract um, by law. And that's not just our choice, that's by law. Mm -hmm. So um, um, I think that we have to focus on 
on thinking out of the box, so to speak, and you say coming up with innovative solutions that may be something to consider, and then putting everything in front of the committee. Um, and when you see, okay, this is 15 pros and two cons, and this says two pros and 15 cons, then maybe those things get filtered out. Um, and obviously, we're looking for any input and recommendation we can get from anyone on the committee or anyone in the audience to help us with that. Um, I actually came tonight wanted to make sure that the Arts and Cultural Center was on our list of things to bet. I think the other one that I've heard mentioned tonight that would love to make sure that we are doing some diligence on is um, housing. So mm -hmm. I think I heard veterans housing, affordable housing, elderly mm -hmm. housing, um, would want to make sure that fits into the mix for what we're doing diligence on. And would that be something that you would, you would, as James said, lease to an entity who would develop that to um, we could we could show at so many square feet per floor how many units how many rooms you could get I mean if it's assisted living that's kind of a different thing but um, housing would be condominiums or that would be selling right so apartments or something I, I'm not sure how you'd want to deal with the housing no matter what we have to sell it if it's housing because you're yeah. selling it to the housing authority for senior housing for affordable housing or you're selling it to a developer of the condo. Uh, town, to my knowledge, the town doesn't run housing. Uh, through you, Madam Chair, the town does not run housing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people do think we do. Um, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, I think the, I think, you know, I think maybe what is like, what are the options? What you know, housing gets complicated. Um, you know, I just be, have to be the one to remind everybody, we're trying to build a Franklin Ridge up by Panther Way. We can't, we can barely get the horse and barn on that one. I mean, it's just so expensive for a municipality to deal with housing. I don't see any other way other than to the housing authority or private developer. I, I just I just can't imagine how the town is gonna have money to be able to do this. Um, if we can't build a project up there, you know, we, we really shouldn't be thinking about more municipally generated funded housing. Um, so I think, I, I guess I'd leave it like that. And maybe just at least some conceptual ideas. Um, you know, we have to think, I think, a little bit about, I've brought this up before, about with housing. I know everybody's sensitive to the senior housing issue, but again, we have 60 units we can't build up on Franklin Ridge. Um, we're getting there, but also maybe conceptual artist lofts or other types of innovative types of housing. Because it's near the train station, it's in downtown, it's near a lot of amenities. There's a college right next door. Um, there's a downtown revitalization effort to go on. Um, I'm not an expert in housing, but some of you are. Um, you know, and if there's any ideas or any guidance that we can use on housing, I can certainly use it. <laughs> Just to add to make it point that there is options, Jamie, right? Yeah. If we wanted to make a recommendation for housing, then it, you know, if you're putting out the expression of interest or even down the road an RFP, there are nonprofit builders, right. much like happening on the church property where the units are designated as affordable housing. It's a nonprofit building and managing it. The church sold it to them. Like there are yep. ways that that can be done. Absolutely. As if the committee and then ultimately the council determines that we want the site safe for housing it can be earmarked for that it just uh, will no longer be a town piece of property we would basically be 
selling it to another group to then make it in Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, for myself, I think um, restricted is probably one of the best words because there's so many categories that follow some type of restricted housing uh, for to keep the, uh, the existing structure. Uh, I actually drove by an interesting project, I believe it was in Bridgewater uh, just a few hours ago. They took an old, what looked like school facility, maybe a high school or elementary school, and in the rear of that, there's brand new construction that is part of that whole development. So there's an opportunity there for a developer, I think, with this site, you have the existing structure that we require as part of our mandate uh, to provide to the council to give the opportunity to do, and then they have the ability to build on the back of, and maybe we carve off a section to keep a playground or a play area for the kids in the community, uh, but it allows the developer to maximize some return if it's a nonprofit um, on the remaining balance of the land that's there to put new, you know, new construction up to get more housing, uh, or in the case of an affordable developer, and that's it's that way, shape, or form, we, they can also maximize the unit density uh, to get a greater return or, uh, on their construction costs that way. Um, I think some of the other thoughts that I've had uh, were to either, you know, like Sam had said, kind of split the land, keep the building, and, and keep a portion of the land for future use. Actually, that's Greg's point. Um, that allows us greater uh, utility in the future for uses we may not even know exist today that the town may need, uh, but allows us to maximize uh, the, the existing structure uh, in, in a monetization type way, uh, and then keep the land for future use uh, when other needs uh, arise. Can I, can I ask, with the uh, existing playground and fields behind the school, um, with, with no school there now, um, is there uh, a feeling with the local community that that needs to remain a public space rather than, and that subdividing the lot would then you keep that as a public space and then you use the front of the lot where the school is now as whatever renovation or rebuild or whatever you would do. I mean, I, I don't know what the flavor is right now with people in the parkland and use in the, in the town, if that's really a utilized space and, and something that the neighborhood uses um, as a resource. I, I personally, I feel that the, the playground certainly has sufficient use um, for the kids in the community. Uh, the field is still used uh, quite frequently for Franklin Little League and softball. Uh, so they certainly could use the ball field, takes a good deal of space, so maybe not a full ball field, but certainly a playground potentially relocated uh, to the other end of the parcel for allow, to allow redevelopment near the school or expansion of the school for development of housing or something else um, over towards the school street side or over towards the, was it the old Ray, the old Ray building side. Uh, so I think those uh, would, you know, create some good opportunity, I think. Just, um, I think we've come up with an awful lot of good this, uh, ideas. Oh, I'm sorry, Roberta. Just to add to Mr. Pomeo-Ledge's idea of a um, kitchen within yeah. Dave's there, if you're doing a community center, there's a lot of people in Franklin who actually go outside of Franklin to rent kitchen space to make it products because it has to be a board health certified, safe kitchen. Mm -hmm. So that might be an idea as yeah. a part of culture that's possible. Madam Chair, I just wanted to um, point out that Gwyneth uh, Morris is on uh, Zoom tonight. She's a member, but she couldn't attend in person. She just had her hand raised. Okay, Gwen. <clears throat> Hi, sorry. Hi, it's funny. I was actually uh, just going to inquire with the Castle Booth folks about the feasibility of using the existing kitchen there for renting out to folks that need commercial kitchen space. So. 
just my point was just taken, but um, I could be there in person. And yeah, interested to see what the Castle Booze folks have to say about that. Um, just a, a point of information, a lot of the kitchen equipment that was at Davis there, the good kitchen equipment was moved to other schools and is being used currently in other in other schools. So there's really not a ton of kitchen equipment left in the building. But the framework's there, Mike. Right. Right. There is a kitchen there. Yeah. Yeah. Plumbing ventilation and other things that are there, but physical equipment that's, that's utilizable is gone. Probably some sort of grease trap, I would imagine, right? Yep, that would be code. Yeah. <laughs> so if there is a kitchen, there's just wood meat, some deals. Mm -hmm. Roberta, thank you. Okay, that was good. I started to write down a lot of the different ideas that everyone had, and there's probably a good nine or ten of them. So what would be our point from here, uh, Jamie, to invite certain ones in to be able to discuss this? to see if they're even interested in it, or what the story would be. Uh, so through you, Madam Chair, I would say a couple things. One, I, I, I don't know if anybody here has any comments tonight. I just, yeah, uh, you know, we'll go to that first. And then after those comments uh, are given, um, I think to just point earlier, we'll have to kind of sit back and Mike and I are gonna have to discuss, you know, what the cost might be to evaluate you know, three, four, five, six, or seven of these ideas in different configurations, particularly on housing, right? There's a few good ideas here of options. I think we'd want to look at all those because um, uh, I know housing is a, is a, is a big uh, idea for the community. And then Mike and I will have to write a scope of services and put out an RFP. In the meantime, though, uh, request for proposal, we'll have to put out procurement. But in the meantime, I think the committee can still meet in September and or October and still have the police chief and the rec director and maybe even the housing authority, uh, Lisa Audette or others just come in and give their ideas um, qualitatively about what their thoughts are um, on some of these ideas. And, and I think through all those stakeholders, we'll probably get some pros and cons um, that none of us have thought of and, and may help, um, you know, uh, will certainly help everybody out. So I would say that those would be the next two steps in, in my book. And Jamie, did you say the dean has not been in touch with you? They have not. I mean, I think um, you know, as a new president, uh, I know in the past, um, I don't believe President Rooney was interested in the building, um, but I don't know if that's changed. Um, I have to think there's probably some interest. I mean, they're just the direct neighbor. Um, it, the whole parcel is circled by Dean, right? Um, it's completely, other than the road. So I have to think at some point uh, there'll be an engagement with them. Uh, but again, they're another entity that would potentially bid on this or express an interest in this. What they would do with it, I don't know. But um, you know, I would I would have to think at some point they would be some. They're probably watching at home right now. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are watching at home wondering about this. I'm sure most developers are at home watching about this. I, you know, so I think um, there's a lot of eyes probably watching this. And I think as someone mentioned earlier, maybe Joe or someone in the committee just saying, first, I think everybody's trying to get an idea of what the road looks like. And, and then I think more conversation will percolate up. Um, I think I will go to the audience before we come to the gentleman here again. 
Okay, Mr. Sircone. Take your name and address. Luke Sircone, Chestnut Street. Um, lots to say, and as always. <laughs> um, after reading your report, through you, Madam Chairman, to the engineers, mm -hmm. it ends in structural limitations. Uh, basically, it seems that you've determined, it almost sounds like you're against it being, you're against it being a police station. Um, would that I be fair know, to say? I think the, the structural engineer is, is noting that for those uses that would require by code a category four structural system, that the school doesn't have that and would be an expense to try to to modify the school to create that. An expense. It, it, it can be done at, at an, as an expense. Done. Are you familiar with North Attleboro at all, sir? What they did in the center of North Attleboro? Uh, with the police station and yes. the school factory? Yes. Actually, my, my firm did that building. And was that similar in any way? It was done before my time here. I've, I've been to Castle Blues for 20 years, and that was done before I even got to Castle Blues. So. Huh. This was done in what year, sir? I don't know. And what year did you start? I'm sorry. What year did you start? 2004. Oh, okay. Yes, it was before you. I'm sorry. Okay. I, with no disrespect. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but anyway, with, with steel inside of a brick building, it can be reinforced, obviously, oh, oh, yes. to no, be no, a beautiful not, police station. I'm not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that it couldn't. That that would be an end-all deterrent to making a police station. Thank you. But what I would also say is that I think that the programming for the police station would need to be reviewed with the configuration of the building to be sure that it was suitable for that use. But the building could be obviously added on to for any other configuration to, to fit, would it not? Knowing that it's on three and a half acres? You know, it, it depends on what you, if you, again, if you want to retain the playground, that's one. Well, if, and that would be the community that's decision. Probably, you know, if it turned out that, you know, you could use the bottom two floors but not the top two floors, would that also mean that, you know, it's, what, 43,000 square feet? Correct. Which is a sizable, a good size, really good size for a police station. Uh, as a comparison, when we did Hudson Police Station, which was um, shared a building with their DPW, um, that building is about 12,000 square feet. So we maybe could even put another one of our departments within. Well, you could. If, if, if the police, if it was, could be, or if it worked for the police department. Exactly. But anyway, I'll, I'll move on because yeah, there's so many things. There's a, there's a lot of, I was just saying, there's a lot of, of, of uh, things that have to be studied, not just the fact that it has enough square footage or the fact that it can be renovated to make it stable, but there are other considerations that have to be weighed to find out. And so we have pros and cons. May have five pros and five cons, may have ten pros and one con. And we have to do that analysis to be able to get to a decision. Well, just excuse me, one, one man's opinion, humble as it is, is that that playground will go. Franklin has open space in abundance now, hundreds of acres that we could build fields and not because I don't want to make it sound like here, I'm here to displace children. I am not. Um, but so many good things have been read, brought up tonight, Ted, about, about, about housing and about maybe going forward with the, the arts. Well, and I said this before, and I know, I apologize, but I will continue to beat this drum. The, the arts people belong in the old police station. That when that old police station is no longer the police station, those arts folks will be right there, and that well, we already have a nice, that would be a beautiful place for them. I mean, one thing, can lead to the next, and, and we will continue to hopefully fill our needs as we move forward. 
But anyway, um, the town that you said, you know, we no longer need a police station in the center of town. It's not advantageous. So how, and I know I apologize for paraphrasing your words. But we have a college in the center of our community, a college, with many kids from all over with all different opinions, all different races and colors and creeds. And it would be a wonderful thing to have a police station in our downtown. It would solidify it that much the more and make it safer that much the more. I really look forward to hearing from the chief that why he would be so against or that he is against it, because I, I met with him the night that Senator Auchincloss was here. I sat in the back next to Senator Auchincloss, and I had a meeting with the chief for an hour about this issue. So, uh, and I won't go into what was said because it was between he and I only, but I, I really want to know why he doesn't like, and I, whether or not he doesn't like the building or if he doesn't like the location. Now, there's a lot of us um, in town, a lot of seniors who, we're split, we're obviously split in our opinions, as it should be, which is good, it's a good thing. We're split in our opinions. But the location, whether you knock that building down or not, is a perfect location for a police station. Could we use some of that backyard for other things, like, like, like Greg said? Could we build, a, could we build a, a two or three story parking area, a steel upright with parking? to address some of the parking concerns in our community. And, uh, and, and still, because it's three and a half acres, and still have the room for the police to, because in front of that building, there's a lot of room in front of that building. Well, those ugly uh, modulars were that we dealt with for so many years, those horrific looking things that are now gone. Anyway, anyway, um, bat and, bat and to digress this for a second, we still, and through all this, we're talking about all these things, you folks still haven't set foot in those buildings. Until you folks get a really good look inside of Davis Theater. Okay. Just so you know. Okay, well that's... I'm absolutely torn. You're the lucky one. Yes, I am. But how Just come? So you know. How come? Well, I had business to do there. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> we'd all like to get in there. And, all, and everyone in here who has a, 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 a huge opinion should be able to get in there sooner rather than later. Because we continue to, and I will as one, continue to grill these folks and they haven't seen the inside of the building yet. And that's a, that, that, that puts them at a direct disadvantage, I think. <laughs> Um, I probably said enough, but there'll be more to come. And thank you for listening. If I, if I could, um, when I referred to the location, I think that what I said was that we should judge the location on response time for being from the center of town and that there are other considerations that would be good or bad for the location of a police station. Response time is important for a fire station getting to the location of the fire. Response time is not important for the location of the police station. However, there are other characteristics and considerations that may be important, as the gentleman said, you know, government calls next door or something like that. So just be clear that I wasn't saying that that isn't a, a, a location that would be beneficial for a police station. I said that you shouldn't judge it based on response time. Thank you, Madam Chair. My name is Maxwell Marangello. I live at 127 Central Park Terrace, Franklin, Massachusetts. I have some unprepared remarks and then some prepared remarks. Um, I, you know, I have been involved in sort of getting more money, trying to advocate for more funding, more money for the town. And of course, the thing I keep hearing is, oh, there's waste in government. There's waste here. We've got to cut to the bone. And so when I hear about 
trying to move a police station to the center of town or preserving the facade. I'm, I'm thinking that the cost or the benefits don't outweigh the cost for that because we have um, you know land further out from the center of town is cheaper, and to put a police station closer right there where it doesn't need to be because you know police police I mean there there are some considerations that you might like being near college you could take into account but the response time isn't a factor police stations good where it is and it's cheaper there so I think when you look at what um, you use that land for you should think about transit because that you can't get that anywhere in town and as well as you have the college right there you can't get that anywhere in town you have businesses that are connected to that are not anywhere in town. And so those are the things that make you town, downtown unique and extra valuable to us as a town or to any developer that would go there um, if they decide to use it. So I think uh, with the facade, it's nice, it's pretty, but like you know, is is that benefit worth it to the town compared to the cost? I'm not sure. Um, I do think that when you have an RFP or a request for interest or just even looking at the options in general, you should put forward a rubric or a, a standard criteria. To evaluate it by, because instead of just point saying "eeny meeny miny mo," we're going to pick that one. We got to have be systematic about things. Um, and so I, I, I will go back to my prepared remarks. Um, today, as we down, today as we debate the future of our downtown, we're reminded of Horace Mann's words: "Education is the great equalizer of the conditions of men." We gather here to discuss the future of Davis Thayer Elementary School a place that lifted the lives of countless students. Equity, a fundamental principle, means lifting those who have been left behind. It's about ensuring that everyone, especially those without means, gets a fair shot. As we consider different ideas for the school's lands, let's keep Horace Mann's insight in mind and ensure that the land's next chapter lifts up those with the most need. I urge the Davis Therapy Use Committee to ensure that the proposals presented to the council are equitable and the committee score each proposals, each, every proposal with a numeric rating as to how equity would be impacted. As a student of political science, I learned that politics is often defined by who gets what and how much. In the end, the decision we face today isn't about what we build, it's about who we help. Let us help our fellow Franklinites who need your help the most. Thank you for your time. Have a good night. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the audience that would like to speak? Yeah. Come up. Madam Chair, may I sit at that mic over there? My name is Wayne Samarian. Uh, I'm chairman of the Recreation <coughs> Advisory Board. Uh, I've been a member of the board since uh, 1990. Uh, I'm a graduate of Franklin High School, which is Davis Thayer. And uh, I have some concerns which I'd like to share with you. First of all, this is a great location for the Franklin Recreation Department. The department is expanding rapidly. Uh, Ryan Jetty, the director, uh, needs more space. There's no question. Uh, there's a gymnasium, cafeteria, classrooms, fields, 
parking location. We know whatever's going to be done will cost money. Whatever is done is going to cost money. Since Ryan became recreation director, he has had two major location changes. The only way for this relocation to work is if the town did the following. One, upgrade the gymnasium flooring and basketball court. Two, install an elevator. Three, knock down non-load-bearing walls in many areas for larger spaces to run programs. Four, build an administrative area for recreation offices on the first floor. Five, the playground is aging and probably needs to be replaced with accessible surfacing. Six, accommodate space on the top floors for culture and arts folks. In reference to the gentleman, uh, this certainly would fit in the building with the recreation department. The recreation department likes their current space, but they are outgrowing it. There's no question. Obviously, it has to be ADA compliant and so forth. But I think the building is a part of the town of Franklin's history and should be preserved. And I think it would be idea in an ideal location for the Franklin Recreation Department. Thank you for your time this evening. Thank you. Thank you. <coughs> a few things I can share with some of the members of the board. Chief, that's enough. I'm not sure if you need to Yes, sir. Uh, does anybody have any questions for me? But that's our stance. That's my, I'm sorry. We didn't take a vote. The Recreation Board did not take a, a vote. But that's, that's my stance. As, and some of the members as chairman of the Recreation Advisory Board in Franklin. Thank you. Make sure everybody gets a copy. Get enough copies? Yeah. Thank you. I think it would be a travesty if we don't keep that building in Franklin, under the control of Franklin. One last thing. I've seen when people loan out buildings to people, that's the end of the building. Once the town starts maintaining the building, the building's done. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Jamie, where should we go from here? You the gentleman here? I think, um, I think we have a nice palette of comments and choices. I think most of this is stuff we've heard before, the exception of a couple new ideas of outside the box thinking. And Excuse me, Jamie. Yeah. I'm just bringing it to Debbie's oh. attention. I think there's some more people. Oh, okay. Does anybody else that wants to make a comment? I don't want him here yet. <laughs> Were you just waving at us back there? Uh, okay. 
It might not have been a wave kid. <laughs> Chairman Mercer and uh, Councilor Dorco are just, uh, just waving at us. So, um, so through you, Madam Chair, we'll, uh, I think, um, unless there's any other thoughts or comments, uh, just one question. Um, is it possible through the expression of interest to get uh, developers or anybody who is interested in the building to do a test fit in lieu of paying council booths or paying a, a consultant to do so? Is that any, like something that would be possible or is the timeline of that just not really feasible or make sense? I think it just, three matches, I just, I think we need to just, you know, do what we need to do with the building. You know, we need to pay for, you know, and just to be clear, I just, I know Wayne was not saying that we're not maintaining the building, but for anybody that's listening, you know, we are maintaining the building. So it's, it's not occupied right now. We are hoping to have movers come in uh, soon. Um, we've just went out and got the bids. Um, we've got a couple of contractors that are lined up. We have to schedule the work. Then we'll be doing the open houses. Um, you know, um, uh, but I think in terms of doing any test pits or any work, we, we need to control that, do that ourselves. Um, but to the point about the expression for interest, I mean, that's just an open process. It's a very simple thing. You know, anybody can come and say, oh, here, we read, this, we read the analysis from KBA, and here's our thoughts. Um, you know, and, and so um, I think that's a little further down the line, though. Um, I think the next step is to have another meeting in, in September. Try to have the chief and Ryan um, and some of the other folks come in, uh, Lisa, to talk about how this would look from now that we've kind of you know, narrowed it down a little bit to a few different uses. We can have them come in and talk about their thoughts. And meanwhile, we'll have to design a scope um, in terms of looking at the procurement, seeing where if we trigger over that threshold, and we can give an update to the committee at the next meeting. I will say we don't have a date for that, um, so we might want to schedule that before we leave. Um, you know, I don't, it seems like Tuesdays are working for folks. So, I would say, um, we could do probably Tuesday the 19th of September, if that works. Tuesday, September 19th, we'll send around a note to everybody and whatnot, and, um, yep. I know I'm available. Okay. Okay. And and so we'll we'll aim for that, and that'll be just the night where we'll talk to the chief, the housing folks, Ryan, our stakeholders. I know Ted is correct. Like we did collect a lot of data. We know what they want, um, but they still may want to show up and add in comment. Um, anything else, Mike? Yeah. In the, so in the original 2013 study the Castle Blues did, there was some pricing in there based on 2013. Yes, we get Which, I think it was about 30 million. Yeah. Um, 38. <coughs> so today in 2023, you're probably looking at at least double that to do whatever Mike, can, I'm gonna interrupt you. Can you say that again? Uh, can you just really clearly state what you just said? Yeah, so in the 2013 study, 
there was an amount of in the 30 million, 30 something million dollars to put a small addition and renovate Davis there. So now we're sitting here in 2023 after everything is, all materials, all equipment has gone off the charts. Um, you're probably looking at at least double that if you were gonna go in there and renovate that building today. Um, and is that not renovating it with the steel supports for a category four public safety design building? It was not. Right. right. <coughs> That's just what, walls, roof, yeah. ADA, accessibility is a big electrical service. Like I said, there's a 400 amp electrical service in there. Um, there's a lot of work to change a building that was last worked on in the 70s. Um, to make it applicable in today's today's society for ADA and everything else you need to do. Um, it's a full gut job. I, th I think that you know, as an architect, I know you've seen if you do school projects around what we've seen is that costs have doubled in the last five years. We have school projects five years ago that um, cost the same as school projects now that are half the size. So 10 years, it's even more than double. It's that's, just, that's what I was referring to. What you put into is the main what you want to right. help them after spending all that. We just don't want people to read the report and that might get distributed both the original and the current report and thinking that those costs were generated now. Those are from 10 years ago and there's been acceleration that's happened since then. So we have to deal with that. So, and to Mike, isn't it dependable on what would be going in there? for the money to renovate. Correct. That was for a school. Making a new elementary school. Not taking down all the interior walls and so it was, it was, it was, no, not taking everything down the inside. It was making it accessible, making it um, functional from a mechanical equipment point of view, um, bringing it up to code for uh, multiple things, including, you know, sprinklers and stuff like that. Um, but um, it was not for they, not what you taking down the interior stuff in the building. It was, some of it was, but not all of it. Uh -huh. But anyway, if the school is not part of what we're talking about, right? We're not talking about being a school. It's a different construction type with a different cost per square foot number. Um, let's look at what we have, um, and then we can evaluate those options at our next meeting. Would it be? Um, should we have people uh, go to visit the school before all of this, especially the cultural people, the police, and all, so they can go in there and see? Maybe we have to plan to have the open house there. We, we, we are. And what's holding? I know it, but what's holding it up? It's been so long. We need to move all the, all the junk out of Forest Man. Right, I, and you said that before, Mike, and I appreciate that. And now school is going to be starting, and you're going to have a lot of work to be doing there. Shouldn't this have been done during the summertime? Everybody was movers are the busiest in the time, and during the middle of the summer, they're moving schools, they're getting stuff. So we plan it for some time in September, and that's what we told the bidders when uh, we walked through with the building with them a little over a week ago, and the bids they submitted on. Um, couple days ago. So if they're going to be coming in September, could they be booked at the beginning of the se September and then we can have our meeting after that? 
if, if folks do not want to have a meeting in September, I am more than comfortable with that. But at the end of the day, we have to get the movers in there to work on the stuff in there before people can go in. Exactly. So we have to do it step by step. So if we don't want to do the meeting in September, I'm fully comfortable with that. If you want to let the movers do their work, we can let the movers do their work. And when the movers are done, we can set up an open house. I just can't give an estimated time on the date of that right now. You're probably looking at October earliest. Um, and I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. Okay. Do we feel better? With, oh, go ahead. Mr. Go ahead. We just sent a list of about three people to come in here and speak to us in September. If we put mm -hmm. it off, then what? I mean, it just seems like there is still some work that we could do. I agree that seeing the school and going through is important, but that may not happen until the end of October, beginning of November, okay. and then you're running into holidays and work. Right. Personally speaking, yeah. I think we should meet, but at the will of the committee is yeah. what we need to do. Okay. We'll keep the meeting in September. Then. A site tour is necessary. Right. Some absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm guessing there'll be a couple because the public's going to want to get in. You know, people, we have business to do. I mean, there's going to be multiple uses uh, and reasons to go. I'm sure some people can't make it one day. They're going to want to go in for another day. And there's also a nostalgic viewpoint, which I fir firmly respect. Some people are just going to want to walk through the building to walk through for old memories, and that's wonderful. We've always committed to that. We want that to happen. Um, so we'll probably have a couple open houses, one during the week and one on the weekend. Seven. Well, I mean, basically, he just said. Yes. Uh, I got a question. Oh, Mark, he did want to do a long weekend. Then a brand new site. He did want to do a long weekend. Thank you. I got a request, Mark. He did want to do a long weekend with kids in college and come back. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a homecoming. Mike, is, would it be suitable for just this community to walk through there without having an open house for us to get our eyes for us that haven't walked through it? You'd have to pause the public meeting. So you'd have to They couldn't be there without it being a public meeting. As a group. But we'd be with a majority of the people going in. You'd have to allow some sort of access. I'm just thinking. I mean, right, I mean, honestly, right. September, so we are, I, I've seen it, but so everybody has a better idea, idea on it on the front end. Right. We're still doing work on it. That's all. Well, the movers are still scheduled. Good walk through this, not talk. We'll follow back up with everybody and try to and do the best we can. I, I don't know what to tell everybody. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it's like we're getting a little patient. I mean, in some ways, yeah, each one of you could probably walk through, right, and avoid some of the traps, right? But, then we got to post a meeting, not allow the public in, which is rolling the dice. It just, I don't know what, I don't know why we just don't wait six weeks or, you know, we can just have it. Just <laughs> we could do individuals maybe and stuff like that if people are really looking at a key piece. But I think if you have a whole committee, I think you got to allow people in. Because um, then people are going to say, what'd you do while you were in there? And what, you know, stuff like that. And it's just cleaner, easier if the committee just holds a meeting and allows the folks in. We also have to have a crowd control. In the event like 60, 70, or 80 people show up, you just can't run around the whole building. There's a liability to that. So we've got to make sure that we have a, a proper format and process to let people in. If somebody trips and falls, you know, <laughs> yeah, these are real issues, right? Um, so, you know, we have to just, you know, you know, just do this step by step. Thank you. We have one Madam more question. Chairman, the three years, Madam Chairman, can I just ask 
to the, to the town administrator. How much? I still have to come up. Here. I still have to come up. Okay. Do I have to say who I am again? Through Madam Chairman, can I ask how much we're allotting in financial to now clean out the school? Yeah, so we were going to do it, well, we were going to be part of it, and now we're paying somebody else to do it. How much are we, what are the bids coming in at to clean the Davis Stair School up? The appropriation from the council a year or two ago was for $30,000 to do the move. Is that what it's going to cost now? Because it's a year or two ago. I mean, can Mr. D'Angelo tell me what his bids are? But I don't know. know what if, we, me. if we contacted the bidders, no. so we can't. We'll get it will bid. be public knowledge once we once we get the contract. Contract with the bidder, with the bidder, two low bidders. But the appropriation, Mr. Ciccone, was for thirty thousand. Thank you. Gentlemen, do you have anything you would like to add to this? Nope. Thank you very much. No. Okay. Committee members, do you have anything else you'd like to add to the conversation tonight? Just for the public record, it's September 19th. September 19th. Yes, September 19th. Yep. Seven here, as usual. Okay. You're holding me, guys. Okay. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. And by the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.